Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. You know, I'm a very simple guy. I'm not a complicated, complicated theologian or anything like that. But I believe the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And so, you know, I asked God for the sun, the moon, the stars. When I was, before I was born again, I was raised in a denominational church, the Catholic Church. And, um, you know, I actually asked God, to, I wanted to be the Pope of the Catholic Church. I, I mean, I'm a Sicilian, so I got a chance. And that's no, if you ask me as a little kid, you can ask the kids I grew up with that, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, I'm going to be the Pope. And everybody used to laugh at me. Well, praise God, here we are, okay? I remember Bill Prankert introduced me over on Nationwide TV. You're going to Ottawa tomorrow, and it was up there. And uh, he got up there, and he says, today we have with us the Protestant Pope of Canada, okay? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I fell to the floor laughing my head off, you know, that God's got a sense of humor. Well, when the ship came up, the ship went on. It was a celebrity cruise line, and my wife and I were on that one, a Western, then we took an Eastern afterwards to get holidays on there. And it ended up that the cruise was on Good Friday, and we didn't even realize it when we originally had booked it. And, and Kathy says, well, I preached all these years on the cross on Good Friday. I said, well, I'm going to get a room, and we're going to preach on Good Friday. And she said, well, you can't, how are you going to do that? I said, don't worry about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So when I put my mind to it, I'm very determined. And I don't take no for an answer, okay? So anyway, so we, I went to the desk and asked them, and they said, well, you know, we don't know you, this and that. Well, what do you want to know? You know, so I shared, and I said, I'm a pastor to pastors. And anyway, so went on, and they said, well, do you have any way you can get documentation to us? Because the headquarters needs to have that. I said, sure, just tell me what you need. So they gave me emails, and we took care of that. And they got it, and they says, okay, uh, what kind of room do you need? Do you want a little, small little? No, I said, I want a big room. I want the biggest room on the ship. And they said, well, we can't give you that big room. I said, well, I need something big because people are going to come. Anyway, they ended up giving me two rooms. But Kathy kept saying, you know, you know but Rick, you, you don't want you, you to bother the people. You don't want to push it on it. I said, why not? Okay. <laughs> They're pushing alcohol everywhere you go. They're pushing the casino everywhere you go. So why not? Okay. So anyway, we, we had honestly the time of our life, the two of us. I said, Kathy, you take the majority of time. You preach on the cross because she just got that down so well. And then, then I preached on the blood and we prayed with people. And then afterwards, you couldn't go anywhere on the ship without people coming up to you. Hey, could you pray for me? A guy comes up to me. He's got prostate cancer and it's very serious. He's in pain and everything else. And I said, in Jesus' name, just be healed. Just be healed. I seen him the next morning. He's running. And he says, hey, hey. I, I says, you're healed. You know? And he's like, yeah. You know? I mean, just on, on a cruise ship. Why not? Okay. It's not the love boat like they make it out to be, just so you know, if you've never been on one. And then we did another one, and I don't even want to get into that, on Easter Sunday on another line. And uh, we just had the time of our life. Because wherever you go, it's exciting. How many know we're celebrating today? Listen to this here the anniversary of Pentecost today. Have you ever thought about that? And, and hang on, did you know that in 10 years from today, we're celebrating the 2,000 year anniversary of Pentecost? 
I don't know if you know that, okay? And, and I wish I could, uh, there was something in my heart that I wanted to, to teach on, but I'm, I, I know that I'm in where God wants me to go and I'm gonna share. But on Pentecost, there was 20-some nations that all came together that were there. You know, you had them from Parthia, come on now. You had the Medes, you had the Elamites and, and, and the Crates and, and all these here groups were there. And every one of the names means something. The first thing that baptism in the Holy Spirit does is Parthia, which means banished in fear. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is break that fear off our lives. You know, the, the second thing, look, you, you can look it all up, and I don't have time to preach it, the Elamites, and the, and the Elamites means little measure. In other words, small thinking. The Holy Spirit just breaks the midget mentality over our life and brings us into the body of Christ, amen? And then the, you know, we can go on, the, the, the Elamites, the, the, the Medes, and then that speaks of uh, hidden in time, where the ruts that people are stuck in their past, and now the Holy Spirit brings us out of the ruts. So every one of the names has a, a, a whole message in there that would take 22 weeks to preach the whole thing, but that's not where I'm at. But this is what I do want to share with you. Globally, God is doing some amazing things in our world today. Did you know, did you know that by 2033 that we have a strategy now, when I speak of we, there's 650 million on a conservative way, charismatics and Pentecostals working together. Okay, for one thing, what's that? Global evangelism. And see, what happened, the church has got it wrong for many years. We put the great commission before the great commandment. Okay, and God gave the great commandment first, and then he gave the great commission second. What do I mean by that? He said, by the love you have one for another, the world will know that you're mine. So, you know, 10 years ago, Pentecostals and Charismatics were mean with one another. Okay, people were talking more about what others were doing uh, wrong than what they were doing right. And so I'm not here to focus on any of that there, but God has obliterated, um, you know, in, in, in our day and hour, we, we've been seeing a real hit against racism and things, but we're also seeing judgmentalism being really hit in the church world where it's being obliterated by the cross of Jesus, amen? Because in the essentials, you gotta have unity. If you ain't got unity, then you have nothing. Come on now. So the cross can never be changed. The blood can never be changed. You must be born again. Those are essentials in the faith. But on the non-essentials, there's gotta be liberty. But in everything we do, there's gotta be love. You know, I remember a couple years ago, people were arguing about the vaccine, whether you take it, whether you don't. Who gives a flip what you do? You know, let, let people do what they want to do. If they want to take it, let them go. Well, they're going to die. Well, then pray for them that they're going to die, okay? And if you don't, you're going to... So, so who cares what others do? That's not your responsibility. Those are non-essentials. And, and let people have the freedom to make the choice that they have in that area, okay? So I'm not getting on a bandwagon on that anyway, but I will say this here. We have a strategy now that in 10 years, every soul on the planet is gonna have the gospel of Jesus presented to them and the baptism of the Spirit presented to them before the Son of God comes back. And we really believe we're gonna finish the Great Commission in this generation. We're totally convinced now we have the technology today, we have the finances today, In this movement called Empowerment 21, you can look it up online, you'll see I'm one of the ones that represents the nation of Canada in the global picture, and, 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 and you'll see now we're raising $1.2 billion. Okay, I didn't say million. Billion dollars to fund the evangelists to do the Great Commission. And so it's not, it's, it's, it's already happening. Some big ministries have stepped up. One guy wants to give a billion dollars. 
What an, and, and, and he's raising money for this year. He wants to bring a billion dollars, okay? I, I, I've never seen anybody dreaming like this group is dreaming right now. And so we're going in three weeks, we're going to Amsterdam, Kathy and I, okay, with these evangelists and with the next gen leader from all over the globe, okay? There's over 100 presenters that are going to be there in workshops and everything, and we're strategizing and now putting the, the rubber meeting the road to go and fulfill the Great Commission. This is what's going on. Do you know, we look at Pentecost, and if you look at the turn from the 19th century into the 20th century, there was only a handful of documented cases of people baptized with the Holy Spirit. But in just look at over, just over 120-some years, we've seen 650 million people now baptized with the Holy Spirit on the planet. So, so, so this is not just growing, this is exponential growth, okay? Uh, I go to India every two years. I commit two weeks over there to do three pastors conference. I love the Indian people. They're, they're absolutely amazing. By the way, they have the best fish in the entire planet, okay? And it's from Sri Lanka out there. It's called the seer fish. It's like a white halibut steak. It's the best in the world, okay? They feed me that fish, I preach, okay? <laughs> but anyway, I just love them. And I have a dear friend of mine. We went on holidays with him just uh, last year. Here, and him and his wife, Ketsia, he's an apostolic leader over there. He's over thousands of pastors in Coimbatore next to Chennai. Okay, just real close to Chennai, like an hour and a half, two-hour flight. And so in Coimbatore, he does a major conference in the south. But where God is breaking out today is not just the south, but it's the north. And, and many of you know the Punjab areas and the, uh, the, the, the ones with the Punjabs. God is breaking out in there. Actually, I put a picture of one of the, the places there, if they can put that up on there. Look at that there. That's, that's India, folks. That's in the north in India right now. And they're killing Christians over there. Christians are being persecuted very strongly. You know that. You don't have to read between the lines. It's out there on the line. And yet the blood of the martyrs, the ones that they've passed uh, for their faith, God is just breaking out revival everywhere. We went also to the north. And when I went there the first time three years ago, we had about 80, 85 pastors. This time we had 300 with 80 more standing in the back that didn't even register that came in. And they're hungry for the things of God to go out. Amen? And then we launched into Nepal, and in Nepal, God just broke out. I mean, the deliverance sessions we actually had for leadership was beyond anything I've seen out there. People were just crawling. It was just uh, just broken on the state, demons coming out, and people getting free because there's so much witchcraft and things uh, in the nation, and God is breaking forth with signs and wonders in a miraculous way, amen? So nations are being changed. Uh, one of the greatest revivals of unprecedented and unparalleled in all history is happening right now in Iran. Don't watch the news and just look beyond the news, guys. This is the good news of what's going on. We had a real move of Iranians in my community in Windsor while I was still pastoring in the, in the intercession and the fervency and the passion that these men and women have. It's just going out there. You know, we can see everything eschatology that is being fulfilled right now with Russia, what happened in the Ukraine, but we can also see they're not just in the Ukraine, they're going into the Middle East. And you can see China's not just sitting over there in China now. They're going into that whole area, the Asia-Pacific thing over there. And so these are things Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars, but be not afraid. The end has not come, okay? One of the things we're living to see fulfillment of today is because iniquity is abounding, the love of many is going to wax cold. 
Okay, so we can see a lawless spirit in these nations today. And look at the democracies, and there's such a lawlessness without law. Even in the church world today, the message of grace, which is one of the most powerful truths, the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Grace is a teacher to what? Deny ungodliness, anything with the lack of the fear of the Lord. It gives us empowerment to live soberly, to live righteously in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the great God, our Savior. It's not a cheap grace today. Come on. It's not a license to be independent. It's not a license to have no restraints inside of our life, but it's an empowering grace that's given for the church to kick devil button the generation that we live in. So, so I can go on and share the whole time today just on what God is doing, but I have never seen a love today for network leaders and, and, and denominational leaders in our land and other lands like we're seeing across the world today. And it's a global picture of what the Holy Spirit is doing because Jesus said that by the love you have one for another. Judas had just walked out of the room and there was 11 disciples that were left in John chapter 13. And Jesus said to them, he said to those 11 preachers, he said, by the love you have one for another, the world's gonna know you your mind. Come on. And so we're seeing that love come together. We're seeing that. Un and love is to me, it's the unselfish, loyal concern for the good of others. Love is never about me. Love is always about others. Come on. And when we see that starting to break out in the lands and nations, man, we're going to go and do it. Are you all ready for God's word today? I am excited to be with my spiritual son, uh, Pastor Tony and Carolyn today, and Candace and all the team here, Jonathan and, and, and just Moses and everybody here, the worship leader. Uh, by the way, your team over here did an incredible job at our national conference this year. They kicked it off, and man, it was just a dimension of praise and worship that we uh, people are still talking about it today. There's so many reports that have come in. I've only been home two days in the last uh, 39 days, and so I'll be home two today, and I'm gone, gone again right after that. But anyway, God is doing some great things. Are you ready for the word? In the book of Mark chapter 4, you'll see three times in the scripture, you'll see in the book of Luke chapter 8, and, <clears throat> and then you'll see in the book of Matthew 13, and you'll see in Mark chapter 4, the parable as we know it of the sower. And Jesus says this here to them. He said, if you don't understand this here story, how is it that you can understand all the other parables? And so there's 40 different parables in the Word, and Jesus would use illustrated sermons, okay, to, to, to paint pictures to them, but he would give the understanding of them when the disciples would all come together. And in the book of Mark 4, so he says, if you get this one, then you'll understand how the whole kingdom operates. And what we need to see today is God is going to have the last say on planet Earth. The Antichrist is not going to have the last say. The man of sin's not going to have the last say. The false prophet's not going to have the last say. But Jesus Christ is going to have the last say on the planet Earth. In case you forgot, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God is the one that purchased the earth 2,000 years ago. The devil's tried to roar. The devil comes around. But we need to understand something. The spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. 
And there are spiritual laws that can supersede natural laws that we live in. And, and we're, we need to understand we're a threefold being, not a twofold. We are a spirit being. We have a soul comprised of your will, your choices, your mind, your intellect, and your emotion. And we live in a body. Whenever the spirit and the soul are connected, the body will come in line. Whenever, listen, the soul and the body are connected, that's when you got hell on earth. And so that's just a simple overview. But here's what he says over here about the sower sows the word. You need to understand this here parable. You need to have understanding of this. Jesus said, when the sower sows the word, Satan, everybody say Satan. He's called the God of this world. Come on. He's still in control. He's called the prince of the power of the air. Now, what a lot of people don't understand, and they, they want to you, you hear Christians make statements sometimes, you know, God's got everything in control, and, 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 and everybody, and, and everything's just going exactly the way that he wants it to go. L let me tell you, God knows the future better than we know yesterday. But listen, God is in control of the born-again, spirit-baptized person that has yielded to the grace of God in their life and wants to get his word and get his laws to enact kingdom business, raise their families that way, minister in the church that way, and do it. But listen, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world, everybody say the whole world is in the sway of the wicked one. Come on. So the world is not under the control of the lordship of Jesus. It's the flesh. It's the world. It's the demonic doing their own thing out there. But God's given us authority. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we will loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have not getting the keys of the kingdom. The glory is not coming down. The glory is already on the inside of you. You are a glorious church. You have glorious weapon. Gratitude is a weapon. The blood is a weapon. Come on. Thanksgiving is a weapon. The armor of God is a weapon. The sword of the spirit is a weapon. But if you got your weapon laid down and you got strife in the midst, you'll never be able to kick devil butt. So hang on. How is it that this whole thing operates? Pastor Tony brings a message. He sows the word into your heart. By the time you leave the building, there's a war that goes on. You get into the parking lot. Oh, man, I got to wait 12 minutes to get there. In light of eternity, what's 12 minutes? But the impatience thing rises up. And then he said, he said, Satan comes without delay. One translation, King James says, immediately to steal the word that was sown. Why? Because if that word gets inside of you, he knows it's going to be a problem for the kingdom of darkness. So here, now hang on. And then it says, Satan brings tribulation. He brings cares. It's not God bringing all these things. He brings anxiety. He brings deceitfulness of riches. God gets his riches for the kingdom. Come on now. But it's not just about us. It's about the kingdom. And so, so, and it said, lust of other things all come in. So, so there's a spiritual war that's going on behind the scenes whenever the seed is sowed. And if you don't understand this here, and apparently, from what Barna says, who is a researchologist in the States, and Rayner in Canada is a researchologist, they say that 40% of believers say don't even believe in the literal devil. They do not believe that the devil is real. 
And 40% of churches don't even talk about the devil. And if you ever did, oh, they give too much glory to the devil. No, no. The Bible says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Come on. So apparently, apparently Satan has devices. The Bible says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ because the thought is the beginning point. Come on now. You ponder on that thought. It becomes a stronghold, and that stronghold becomes a blind spot inside of your life for the kingdom of darkness to get the upper hand over your life. So the Bible says he has a whole arsenal of weapons that he's using against marriages, using against churches, let, let me just tell you something. What I've learned is unity. The Bible says that we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. That we no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doubt. Apparently, God's will has always been unity. Okay? But there'll never be unity without trust. There'll never be unity without honor. And there'll never be unity without a commitment from the people that are all working. So when you have those three, you'll have the unity. And behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious anointing oil that ran down the beard of Aaron. Come on now. It's like the dew that comes down Mount Hermon where he says it's life and refreshing. And it says it's there that God commands his blessing and life evermore. That's why God says to be unified. And he's coming back for a glorious church. Now get this church before I start. My God, I'm looking at the time and I'm getting nervous, okay? <laughs> the glory is not future. The glory's in you. My friend had, a, had a, his car and uh, he went, his wife Val, Mark has it, he's the head of missions for POC in the Caribbean, in the uh, Central America, South America. And, he, he, and Val wanted to get a, an automatic starter because where they live it's cold. So, so he goes to the Buick dealership where he owns the car. And he said, I need, I'd like to get a price on a car, starter for my car. And so the service guy said, give me your key fob. So he looked at the key fob and in the key fob was one of these little boxes and it was a starter already in it. He already had it but didn't know it was in there. So let me just, let me just say something. It, it didn't matter what he had. If you don't know what you have, then it's never going to do you any good. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the word lack means missing pieces of information. It doesn't mean they don't have some information, but it's the missing pieces of information. Quit praying for the power to come. The Bible says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can expect to grant according to the power that worketh in us. The power's in you. We're not trying to get power down. We're trying to release power out in the same respect the glory the son of God gave you it's already in you the glory of God is it's in you it's a depository box on the inside of you Jesus said the glory which I have I've given to them if he gave it to us, he doesn't have it. But I gave to them that they might be one. Every time you get into strife, every time you get into backbiting, 
Every time you get into God, look at how quiet it is. Every time you get out of peace, guess what happened? The glory is hindered from being released inside of your life. Now, I got to start, Bishop. Bishop Tony, I got to start. Listen to me what I'm going to say. There's never been more prayer going up for the church like right now. 58 speaks about banding, loosing the bands of injustice, bringing out equity. Come on. It speaks about freedom. It speaks about breaking bondages. Let me, let me just state this right now. Your addiction can't stop the plan of God for your life. Your failures can't stop the plan of God for your life. Your disappointments can't stop the plan of God for your life. Your lack of finances can't stop the plan of God for your life. Your failures can't stop the plan of God for your life. I want to tell you today, many are the afflictions. Many are the troubles. Many are the difficulties of the righteous. But there's a but. Glory to God. delivereth them out of them all. We got to have a mindset, all of this. We got to have a mindset, this is coming to pass. We got to have a mindset, this day is over. But if you don't see tribulation, if you don't see the difficulties as a springboard, into your destiny, you will never enter the destiny that God has for your life. Are you with me now? So what I've learned is, the greater the pain, the greater the release of glory. My daddy used to say this to me. He said, son, no pain, no gain. And I looked and I started seeing that in the Bible. Are you there? You take Joseph. His brothers rejected him. His brothers betrayed him. His brothers sold him out. Come on, guys. Most of us in this room never had that happen. I've had a few people sell me out, but most of them are pretty good people. Come on. And the Bible says he never left his honor. He honored his dad. And when the Bible says honor your father and your mother, come on, it said two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to live a long life. And then it says things are going to go well for you. Apparently, if you don't, you're going to die prematurely. I just wonder if that's one of the reasons so many young people are dying. I just wonder if that's why many believers are not fulfilling their mandate. I just wonder. Come on. And, and then the second thing, things will go well with them. If things ain't going well, come on, I just maybe wonder, maybe there's a dishonoring spirit. I found out that the dishonoring spirit will, will, will cut off the blessing of God, will cut off the favor of God, will cut off the provision of God, will cut off the manifestation of God, and it will hinder every purpose under heaven that God has for your life. And a lot of people think they could just dishonor their spouse and then have the blessing of God. And the Bible said you find a wife, you find a treasure from God, and you obtain favor from God. Your ticket to God's favor is your honey that's there. She's my brown-eyed girl. Come on now. And she's my ticket to God's favor. She's the only woman I've ever heard that said, Rick, please don't buy me any more jewelry. I got everything. 
Everybody's calling. All the women are saying, hey, see, see. Hey. You want to know where your pocketbook is? I put God first, put his kingdom first, put his agenda, and we do it as a couple. And number two is I don't need much. But a woman's needs are a whole lot bigger than my needs. So I just make sure her needs are taken care of. And you know what? I sing Black Eyed Peace song. Mm, tonight's going to be a good night. Some of you are singing the White Eyed Peace song. I'm telling you, you need to shift out of that and get into the Black Eyed Peace. Tonight's going to be a good night. All right. I got to start this message here. Now, Isaiah sees into the future. And he says in Isaiah 58, the church fasted, the church prayed, and, and when we said all that, loosing the captive. And then 59 describes the culture, or if you want to call it the society, that wasn't just in Israel, wasn't just over in the nations around, but it's going to be what the world's going to be like. Are you with me right now? And so when he describes what the world is going to be like, he gives specific details about it. And he said, the world is going to be so corrupt. Let me, let me tell you something. Forgive me for saying this, but more people got more faith in the political than they do in the Bible. More people say, well, if we just get rid of Justin and this and that, and blank Justin is some of the side. I don't agree with that dishonor, okay? I do not agree with his policies. I don't like what he's doing in our land. I see the fruits of the land, but still, I don't have a right. God put a crown of glory and honor on every person, and we still need to see every boy got quiet in here through the crown that God sees on their head of glory and a crown of honor, and pray that their eyes would be opened up to the glorious crown and the honor on everyone. The answer to racism is there's a crown of glory on your head. The answer to judgment is there's a crown of glory on your head. The answer to the difficulties of our land is there's a crown of glory and a crown of honor on our head. Another message for another time, but I got to start this message. So he says, this is a society that lies through their teeth. They look at the cameras and said, I didn't say that. I didn't do that, and they got a video of it. It says you do it. Oh, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. So now we have a twin, but that's another story. Okay? And they, they hatch vipers. They hatch snakes. And they hatch spiders. Okay? The deception is so thick, the pool, the cesspool of ungodliness is so thick, the rebellion is unbelievable. The treachery, the selling out of a nation, the selling out of a people, it's all right there. Come on now. And that's what he says in Isaiah 59. So the Bible doesn't just give us this wishful mindset that everything's going to be a pie in the sky. There was challenges that they had then, just like we have challenges today. There's troubles then, and there's troubles today. There's afflictions then, but there's afflictions today. There's pain then, there's pain today. There's tribulation then, and there's tribulation today. There's anxiety then, and there's anxiety today. Are we okay? So hang on. So the prophet, when we read the scrolls, there's no chapter and punctuation verses like we have. Did you hear what I just said? 
There's no Isaiah 59 in the original scroll. There's no Isaiah 60 in the original scrolls. Just one letter. It's a whole scroll. So he goes in there, says the fasting and the prayer. And then he says the society as we describe it. And then he goes right in. In light of the darkness, in light of everything, arise and shine. Come on, arise. In other words, get off of your lazy butt. Get off of your idleness. Get off of your mediocrity. Get off of your complacency. There's a time to pray. There's a time to intercede. There's a time to fast. But there's also a time to put action to everything it is that you prayed about. Put your faith out there and start calling the thing that be not as though they already are. Start speaking the decrees. Start speaking faith. There's more unbelief in Christian people at times than there is faith in Christian people. And just hang around them and you'll hear them murmur. You'll hear them whine. Whenever they murmur, there's a whining spirit that invites the kingdom of darkness into their marriage, into their finances, into their homes, into their families. Come on now. That destroys. The Bible says, neither murmur ye as they murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Satan is a legalist, and when he hears that sound of murmuring and whining and complaining, he has a legal point of entry to inflict now pain, to inflict now poverty, to inflict now division oh this is going different bishop I call him bishop okay this is going different but here's the key it said in the bible the springboard to greatness is pain the spring listen to me I got quiet in there the springboard into your destiny is a challenging time first the springboard into your breakthrough is some of the most horrific, painful experiences that you can sense first, and then comes the breakthrough. When Paul was beaten and, and Silas was beaten, it said they were beaten mercilessly, and they were put in the inner stock of the prison. Come on. And it said at midnight, there was a sound that they brought up. They weren't focusing on their beatings. They weren't focusing on the injustice. They weren't asking God, oh God, I'm just doing your will. Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Christians that say that have need to go back to the cross and get a revelation of the cross. Because the cross proves that he loves you. The cross proves that the blood was shed. The cross proves that he rose from the dead. The cross proves that he's alive. And the cross proves that he's got the keys of the kingdom. And the cross is a revelation of the character of God. And to say, God, why did you allow this? God, why did you do that? Let me tell you something. Paul was on the sea when others made some stupid decisions. And they said... We're going to sail. The owner said, we're going. And Paul said, hey, guys, it ain't wise that you do this. It's going to cost you. You're going to pay. This ship ain't going to make it. And the owner and the captain still went. Oftentimes, the challenges of life is because somebody else did something stupid. But how was Paul's attitude? 14 days goes by, they lose all the cargo, the ship's about to crash, come on, and the Roman law is kill the prisoners, because if one escapes, it's your blood on it. So the captain goes and says, hey, wait a minute, I like Paul. 
And the angel of the Lord stood by Paul that night and said, not a one of the 266 is going to die. So even though somebody else does something stupid, it's not going to stop the springboard for God in your life. Just because somebody else did something stupid and made a wrong choice, come on, doesn't mean that God's changed his mind about you. I don't have time to preach this here, but, but Publius is there, politician, and we see over there his father's sick. Paul goes and heals him, gets a snake bite. And by the way, whenever healing's going to go on, there's usually a snake bite that will hit your heart, that will hit your family, will hit your home. Come on now. But shake it off like all the others, and then get back onto the purpose. And then, then it says over there that all the people on the island that were sick and oppressed, they all came and got healed and delivered. So God had an island to be transformed by one man's faith. Can you say amen? And Paul had to go over there. So because other people do stupid stuff doesn't mean God's changed his mind. Now let me ask a few questions here. I'm going to give you a story. You get a decree in the land that you can't no longer preach Jesus. Okay? If you preach Jesus, you're going to jail. I've already made my mind up. I'm going to preach Jesus. So jail is not going to stop me, but I'll tell you something. I got a few more books I got to write. I got a few more downloads that I want to put out there to the generations, okay? And, and if it means jail is going to help me do that, I really don't care. I'm not concerned about that because it's not about this world anyway. I don't do the things to what I could get out of this world. I'm laying up treasures in heaven. I'm looking at the future that God has. We're in the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwells righteousness. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness up in glory. But while we're here, there's a fight. And so it says the more that they afflicted the children of Israel. The more that they tortured them, the more that they oppressed them, the more that they pushed them down and said, you can't, you can't do this. And, and it said, the more that God multiplied them. I want to tell you, in the fires will either come multiplication or depletion. And what's going to happen is God wants to multiply us and he actually ended up doing that for the children of Israel. Every time I've been betrayed, every time I've went through a dark season, come on, let me tell you something, church, everyone in this room, and this isn't a negative confession, but we live in a fallen world, every one of us has either been in a dark season or will be in a dark season. How do you respond in that dark season? See, let me just tell you something, for the grapes that get crushed you can never have the wine until the crushing takes place. So the olives get crushed. You will never partake of the olive oil. The diamonds are down there some 150 kilometers to 200 kilometers in the center. And, and it tells us that they are refined by pressure and they're refined by heat. And every woman in here likes a nice little diamond. Come on now. But we don't like the pressure and the heat. In the same respect, would I have learned that? If I can keep the right attitude in spite of everything that is going on and recognize that this is a war, recognize that this is a season, recognize that this seed is planted in the dark seasons of life. The apostle Peter, and I got to get this, I got a few minutes left. The apostle Peter messed up more than probably most of us in the room. 16 times it's recorded in the Bible. 
Jesus says, I got, listen guys, they're gonna do this, they're gonna sell me out, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna die for the sins of the world. No, you're not, Jesus. Though all the others gonna betray you, I'm not gonna betray you. And the Bible says the last betrayal came by a firelight. A firelight leaves the shadow of the individual. It was dark out, but it, by the firelight, the shadow of that individual is the thing that's created. And even though Peter wrote in his epistle 16 times, he uses the word suffer, suffering, sufferist. By the way, I like a tennis match. That's why I'm running right now, okay? My wife says you're like a tennis ball going back and forth. And so, so 16 times he, he missed it. 16 times he mentioned suffering, come on, afflictions, difficult, and 16 times he mentions glory. Suffering is the pathway to the greater glory of God. When God says he's coming back for a glorious church, he already tells you in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that we which are alive and remain shall not precede those which have gone on. So apparently we're going to be alive and we're going to remain. And what remains means to fight through and endure through difficult, challenging times. And that's the glorious church that God's coming back for. That's the church that's going to bring the harvest in. And the Bible says in Romans 7, Revelation 7, I saw Paul, excuse me, uh, uh, the, the apostle John, I saw in the spirit a great multitude out of every nation. Come on, Canada's in there. U.S. is in there. Come on. Australia's in there. Uganda's in there. Kenya's in there. Italy is in there. Germany is in there. Wherever you come from is in there. India is in there. I saw a great multitude out of every nation, kindred, and tongue standing before the throne of grace. It didn't say a trickle. That's never happened in the history of the world. But there's a generation that God has his eye on now that said, yes, it's going to be fulfilled because I've said it already. I'm coming back for a church without spot and a church without wrinkle, a glorious, overcoming, kick devil butt generation church. I got to wind down. The last thing that I want to leave you today is your life is not determined by the years that you live. It's determined by the fruits of what comes out in your life. Your life is not determined by what others say. It's determined by what God has already said. Last thing for all you, and we want to pray for the baptism in the spirit. The last thing, in Isaiah 62, he speaks about a call to the watchman to be in peace. I want to tell you, I've never seen a time where I've seen Christians united, but I've seen another group of Christians fighting like no other time. Fighting amongst themselves, trying to prove their rights, trying to prove we have this. Listen, listen, I don't need to get into any of that because I'm not of this world. Okay, I, I'm going to fight for the kingdom. I'm going to fight for the advancement of the gospel. I'm going to fight for the things that I believe, but I'm not going to fight for things that have nothing of eternal value. Amen. Jesus never changed the government to bring the gospel. Last thing, he started off as the smartest, smallest of all seeds, and he's re making reference in this parable to the church. And he said, that seed's going to die. That seed's going to go in the ground. But at the end... That little mustard seed is going to be the most influential on the entire planet of all the trees. And I'm here to tell you today, all of us in Brampton and my friends at APC, the best is yet to come. Job lost it all. Come on. Job lost it all. 
Job afflicted. Job and his wife, by the way, come on, went through hell. They went through it all. But then don't forget, there was a chapter 42 where God not only blessed him, but he restored and gave him the double for all of his trouble. I want to tell you, there's a double anointing coming on the church world today for those who will keep the right attitude, stay sweet in spite of the sour to see the glory of God. Let's all stand to our feet. Glory to God. I want to hear your voice today. Everybody repeat after me. When trouble comes, I'm not backing down. I'm not quitting. I'm not running. I'm not abandoning. But I'm clinging to the old rugged cross. When afflictions come, there's going to be a sound of joy. There's going to be a sound of victory. Because I know my God has got my back. He's the glory. He's my rear guard. And we're going to together kick devil butt. I know, come on, that my best days are ahead. Every good thing in the past was awesome, but my best days are ahead. My Job 42 days, he's going to restore it all, are ahead. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, Father, for those watching my live stream, for those here today, we talked about Pentecost in the baptism of the Spirit. And you said, if I ask anything according to your will, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. If you're here and you're watching by live stream, you're here in the room, and Jesus Christ is not number one in your life. Let me tell you, it doesn't play when he's in the back pocket. It doesn't play with cafeteria Christianity. It doesn't play, listen, where we pick and choose what we want of the benefits of the gospel and leave the broccoli and leave the onions and leave the leeks and the other things. Come on. But God says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and acknowledge with your mouth that he is Lord. Lord means he's number one in your life. And when he's number one, he's in control of your life. Amen. Thou shalt be saved. There's not a place in the Bible where it just says receive him as your Savior and you're saved. It said repent, believe, make him number one, and repent and believe and be baptized. If you've been saved and you haven't been baptized in water since you gave your life to God, you're still, listen very good, bound up in the old man, and you need to get baptized, and you need to do it as quick as possible. Amen. So let's pray right now. Jesus Christ. Come on. Everybody, Jesus Christ. Be Lord. Number one. First place in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my strength, and in my mind. Jesus, I repent. I choose today to leave the old life. Leave the whining. Leave the dining with hell. Leave the addiction at the cross. And I choose to make you number one in my life. And everybody agreed, said, amen. Tell somebody if you prayed that the first time. Now, Father, baptize. Everybody lift up your hands and just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. In the new birth, you live as a well. But now I'm asking that rivers of living water would flow out of my belly. And I'm asking today that I could speak in a heavenly language 
in other tongues as your spirit gives me the utterance. Now, Holy Spirit, release it on everyone. Now, everybody pray in your heavenly language. Come on now. Pray after me. Baptize them. Baptize them. Baptize them in the heart. Baptize. Begin to release it. Begin to release it. Begin that energy of God. Begin to release it in your life. Begin to release the dynamite power of God. Begin to speak. 